Hi guys and welcome to episode 7 of the first series of the Dorset Growth Hub podcast. In this episode we are talking to Jen Swain who is the Head of Operations at Bournemouth-based agency Three Sided Cube. Jen talks all about how she has helped to create a positive and inclusive culture, making Three Sided Cube a great place to work and keeping all the team happy and engaged whether they are in the office or at home. This episode was recorded as part of our Beyond 2020 audio conference and due to the great success we wanted to launch this series publicly and give you all the opportunity to listen, learn and develop your ideas. If you're looking for more support for your business head to our website dorsetgrowthhub.co.uk, register and get access to more free resources, advice, grants and events. We would really appreciate your support for this podcast. So if you enjoy the episodes, please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe. I hope you enjoy this episode and let's get into it. Hi, Jen. Thank you for being here. No worries. Pleasure. So if we can start by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your role at Three Sided Cube, that'd be great. Yeah, of course. So I'm Jen Sway. I'm, I'm Head of Operations at, at Three Sided Cube. My role really is around our people, our finance and our processes. So I get to do everything from put TVs on the wall to read legal contracts to looking after our team of about 40 cubes. So I'm very lucky to do what I do. And very busy. So I guess we're very lucky to have you today. (laughs) So a three-sided cube, we see on your website, you know, it's all about tech for good, changing the world and doing the right thing. It's built into all your marketing speak. So I guess this episode is going to be all about culture, diversity and inclusion and what it means to you guys at three-sided cube. So I think you've got such a great reputation locally on you know, it's such a great place to work. So if we could unpick that a bit and why it's such a great place to work. Cool. Yeah. I can't promise I'll have all the answers. (laughs) (laughs) You know, how would you describe the culture at Three Sided Cube? I think probably everybody might have their own kind of take on it, but I think certainly from my point of view, what I see every day is that we've created an environment that is, is so good that if we didn't all work together, we'd kind of want to hang out anyway, because because we get to make amazing products with each other and we have fun doing it. And I think that's kind of all of that combined has, has created a culture. And it's, it's kind of, it's that plus aspects of things like honesty, integrity, trust, and everybody kind of being driven towards our, our passion and our mission of, of using technology for good. And very much unites us all. Yeah. And I think culture is that one thing that you can't quite put your finger on it. When I was preparing for this, I was thinking... Right, I need a definition. How do you define culture? And, you know, as model or style of business operations, attitudes and behaviors of the employees, cumulative traits, beliefs, values, purpose. And I think at Three Sided Cube, you're really good at portraying that and letting people know that don't work there, what it's like to work there. So, how have you managed to build into your role and how do you encourage others to speak out about how? great a place to work is we all kind of see ourselves as ambassadors of of three-sided cube that's not something that we we particularly ask of our team I guess but it it does engender a real sense of fulfillment and pride to work on the stuff that we work on Um, you know we're we're building applications that that are trying to protect the planet saving lives um, and having a positive social impact in, in the world and that in itself I think is a really 
really helpful basis to give people something to want to shout about. And then we talk a lot about doing the right thing, which is part of our kind of a strategic goal and something that underpins not only kind of our, our individual mindsets about how we approach work, but also about in our day-to-day lives, I guess, are we doing the right thing? And I think all of that stuff smushed together has just created a lot of people in the team who kind of are fans of what they do and, and the company they work for. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's really special. And when your team are pitching to clients or clients come to you proposing a project, you know, how do you know it's the right fit? Do you choose who you work with? How do you come to get into that area where, you know, you can choose to use tech for good? Really good question. Yeah, I, th- I think what we, we've talked about this quite publicly before, but I think we're quite notorious for, for handpicking our clients and saying no to business that isn't quite the right fit with our agency. And, and that's really important. You know, we've, we've built up an exceptional reputation and a robust business that means that we're able to do that. Um, and that's brilliant in itself. But I think also what we've learned and found out is that working with organisations who are kind of aligned with how we want to work and do business and doing stuff for the right reasons means that both parties kind of get the, the best results. So that that sort of has ended up in a situation where we kind of know where we work best and who we work best with. Great. So over the past few months, have your team been working remotely, I guess? Yes, yeah. <laughs> As I'm sure many businesses up and down the country, we're, we're, um, yeah. we've faced the lockdown challenge and now we're facing the new challenge of blended, some people in the office, some people at home. It's yeah, you never just know what's around the next corner at the moment, do you? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's very unpredictable. So in recent months, what opportunities have you seen in the team and how have you managed to keep them engaged? How have you managed the culture and, and onboarding new um, members of the team when they're working from home? I think in terms of opportunities, we're, we're riding a wave a bit at the moment. And I think we're over the crest of it in terms of, you know, when you think about change curves, I think we're all in that place where we're kind of getting a bit more familiar with this being the new norm. But it has obviously opened up a load of new opportunity for us. We've started to uh, to broadcast insight events around things like sustainability, fundraising, ethical design. So we're talking about the good stuff that, you know, that we feel is really important to a platform of influential people, which is really awesome. We've also done some stuff around uh, running a hack for good event. And being the fact that everybody's been remote has meant that we could run that up and down the country with people from all sorts of different diverse backgrounds, which has been brilliant. I think it's not an opportunity as such, but I think in terms of answering your question about the the culture and how we've managed that remotely, the the team have sort of kind of organically rallied to to make that work. And what what we've kind of seen is that the stuff that we would do normally face to face obviously wasn't possible, but we've we've kind of pivoted and adapted. So a good example of that is every Friday before before COVID hit, every Friday we would sit down, the whole team, about 35, 40 of us, and have lunch together, paid for by the company, and chat about everything from, you know, it might be work, it might be just what's going on at the weekend. Um, and that was a really important thing for us as friends and humans, not just as colleagues. Obviously, having lunch with 40 people on a, on a Google Meet call or a Zoom call isn't quite... <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can imagine... So what we've done is we've adapted it and we've broken it down into kind of six at a time. So we do it on a rolling basis. And I think it's just it's just about keeping on adapting and finding what fits for your team. So we knew that the stuff that we did was working when when we were all in the office. So it's just about how we can tweak it and, and kind of 
continue to make it fun and engaging for the team. I think the favourite thing that, of mine that we've done um, is a, a neon life drawing class. So um, wow, <laughs> yeah, love that, was, that. That was pretty fun. <laughs> How do you do? Do you paint that virtually on your tablet, or do you have you know everyone has a piece of paper and neon paint and they're all doing it? So. Yeah, exactly. It was it was um, manual art, but the the, nice. the video call was um, very neon and very <laughs> naked. <laughs> Oh, I, I guess you haven't published the results. Of that. <laughs> um, so you talked about the Tech for Good talks, and you've covered, I think, the last three I looked at were CSR, ethical design, green recovery. Yeah. How do you come to make those decisions? You know, why do you choose those topics? I think uh, first and foremost, it's it's important to us to talk about the stuff that we believe should be a focus moving forwards. Prior to lockdown and everybody going remote. Uh, we were doing events already, but this has just given us a different platform to engage with more people, which is amazing. But we were also doing a campaign called Ignite, which was kind of something off our own back to promote sustainability and to, to kind of try and research and develop something that would help um, behavioural change around sustain- sustainability. And again, this is one of those situations where we've had to pivot slightly. So the, the marketing events and the, the, the broadcasted stuff that we're now doing is a pivot that still enables us to talk about stuff that we think is important moving forwards. Mm. Yeah, just going to drop in there. One of our other topics of the week is sustainability. So go check out those episodes if you're interested. And I think sustainability before COVID was a top priority for many businesses. And it's quite interesting to hear businesses that have kept it a top priority or maybe that's fallen on the back burner a little bit and hasn't been a priority but yeah the whole point of this week is going forward what can change so I hope I hope we don't slip back on it because it's you know it's so important that we keep it front of mind no matter what chaos is going on around us we still all have to live on this planet together and and do that sustainably so it's really important that, that everybody keeps that a priority yeah exactly I just wanted to touch on, because I, I see that you've had new members of the team join um, over lockdown. How have you dealt with inducting new members of the team, you know, remotely? That one was actually not too difficult to navigate. We're already quite a, a cloud-based organisation. So yeah. the, the transition into everybody being remote was was relatively seamless for us. But the one thing that I guess we really pride ourselves on is welcoming new people into the team and helping them feel like they belong from day one so we have a a speed dating platform that's that's an app obviously um because we build apps (laughs) what Um, else (laughs) and basically that acts as a game so it's kind of two truths and a lie and you sit down with usually you sit down with another member of the team and you quiz them on which one you think might be the lie so you're essentially playing a game but you just get to interact with every single team member and have a have a chat with them get to know them we had to transition that remotely, which was again not actually not actually as clunky as we, I thought yeah. it might be. And yeah, we've actually welcomed about five new members into the team since um, since April. And I think every one of them has has had really positive things to say about our culture and how embedded they feel into the team. Sounds like a great way to get to know everyone really quickly. <laughs> it's good fun. It, it brings yeah. a lot of laughs. <laughs> Obviously, over these last few months, it's not just been coronavirus and COVID happening. We've seen a lot of different 
political and social movements such as Black Lives Matter movement. And I've seen on your blog, you have one of your team members has written a blog about it. I just wanted to ask a bit more about, you know, diversity and inclusion and and what that means to three-sided cube. I I think for for us at Cube, diversity and inclusion is about embracing and celebrating difference in in whatever form that might take. Kind of on on point, the timing of this, because actually I talked to the team just last Friday about my own experiences. So I'm openly gay and coming in into a leadership role that can be quite a daunting process because you need, you know, you need trust and you need buy-in from your team. Mm. So to, to be able to share something like, like that about myself from day one and to feel included and like I belong is, is amazing to me. I do feel lucky that I work in a team that embrace all kinds of difference. Mm. But I think the one thing that, that I really try and instill in everybody is that we don't know what difference exists. It's not always obvious. So treating with each other, each other with, with respect and dignity is something that I personally try and instill in, in my comms to the team. But the, the most important thing for me is that we don't have to wear a mask to work. And I, mm. I, I know everybody's wearing masks at the moment, but I'm talking figuratively. <laughs> and I, I think what I'm trying to say is it's when you're trying to be something that you aren't, that is a really exhausting weight to bear. And it's going to mean that you never bring your best self to work. So for me, it's exceptionally important that we all work together and confront things that might be uncomfortable to give everybody a platform where they can be themselves. Yeah, and I think the last few months have allowed people to have these open conversations and maybe before in more traditional businesses, for example, they haven't been allowed or didn't feel that they could openly talk about these things so I think even this event we wouldn't have considered including this topic maybe a year ago so I think it's definitely having a positive impact on the business um, community in general. Yeah absolutely I think um, there's a really important point to make about educating ourselves there as well because I think that's something that's possibly come up and not really been considered in business too much before is that we have a role to educate ourselves and I think being in a leadership role, from my point of view, I, I don't know everything about everything when it comes to diversity and inclusion. And I think if you can, if you can convey that to, to, to your team and be honest about the fact that you're all going on a journey together to understand and be better, then I think, you know, that's, that's a pretty good starting place. Yeah. And I heard somewhere else about this idea of reverse mentors, sort of like entry level or less senior members of the team acting as mentors too you know, senior board members and how they can learn from each other, which I think is great because often mentorship works the other way around. So I thought that was quite a cool idea. Yeah. Um, And so what initiatives have you got going on, you know, to celebrate diversity and inclusion? Well, kind of on that, on that um, topic of education, really. Uh, So we are, we've got a, a program of external speakers coming in and instead of doing kind of a, I don't know, a dry, diversity and inclusion or equality and diversity training yeah I'm really keen that the team hear people's lived experiences because when you hear it from somebody who's been through it I think it it packs much more um, impact in terms of how they take it forward in their own lives Uh, so for sure so we had a lady called Dr Anjana Katwa come and speak to the team about her lived experiences coming from an ethnic minority background and how that's impacted her and she's uh, she's actually a a finalist in the national diversity awards so you know she's doing incredible work in um in the conservation field 
And I just think it's it's important that we can relate to it. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, you know, real experiences. And also admitting you don't know what you don't know. So to hear you guys and the leaders are admitting like we need to learn too. I think I think that's really important. So what advice would you give to smaller business or other local businesses that are looking to invest in improving their culture? What would you say? Oh, I think um, we kind of talked a bit earlier about what culture is, yeah. but I, th- I think I really believe that actually starting great culture hangs off of creating or reviewing your own values and your, your business's purpose. I think if you don't have those kind of basics, trying to put culture on top of that will feel a bit difficult and unnatural because you'll be trying to reverse engineer it to fit. So I think making sure you've got your values and your purpose that drive your business forward and your culture should really be an organic next step from those things. But I think there's a real link between inclusion and culture. There's a really, really great quote about diversity is being asked to the party and inclusion is being asked to dance. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's awesome, right? Um, so I think the role that business plays is creating the party, but encouraging the team to make sure they're getting on the dance floor, if you like, because <laughs> mm. it's everybody's role. It's everybody's responsibility. Yeah, definitely. How can businesses continue to have this conversation and carry on making culture and inclusion a priority? I think... The really, really key way to do that is to weave it into every single part of the business. To apply that back to us in terms of how we do that, we recruit through our value set. So we check in on that as part of our selection process. Um, So integrity and drive are just two of our values, for example, that we look for. And I think encouraging feedback and conversation with your team and upwards into the senior leadership team is really important because... That means that hopefully the voices that you have in your in your organisation will all feel like they've got a chance to be heard and it gives the leadership an opportunity to, to respond and do something about it. And I think if you can kind of do all that, you should be able to continue having a conversation about culture, inclusion and diversity. I think that's a great point to end on. So thank you very much, Jen. I really appreciate your time. You're very welcome. And we look forward to seeing you and the rest of the speakers from today's episodes on the Q&A panel. Can't wait. So we'll see you there. Awesome. Thank you for listening. And if you want to learn more about culture, diversity and inclusion, you can listen now to the two other episodes featuring Aggie Matuma and Ro Holston, or skip ahead to listen to episode nine, which is the Q&A panel. And you can hear from all of the three speakers. Thanks again for listening to the Dorset Growth Hub podcast.